0: Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for the match preview. I'm Andrew Musgrove, and as usual joined by John Gibson. We're live on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter and later on our podcast channel. So if you're watching on YouTube, give us a little subscribe and the same as well on that podcast channel. I'm sure you guys don't need reminding Newcastle. Face Liverpool on Saturday up at St James's Park. In a a big game, Newcastle really need to get back to winning ways, even though they remain unbeaten in 17. Of course, the last defeat, John, was to Liverpool way back in August, which is, I mean, first off, that sentence, sentence itself, the last time Newcastle were defeated in the Premier League, was back in August, is an absolutely astonishing one, isn't it?
1: Well, it's the only time they've been beaten in the league this season. And there's no other side in the Premier League can say that. That they've only lost one league game this season, so you look up, you look at it from that point of view, and it's absolutely fabulous. You look at it from the other point of view of having five draws out the last six, and with Wembley coming up, you suddenly go all twitchy. And um, but it shows how far we've come that we are all twitchy, and we must never lose sight of the fact where we've come from because it's very easy to do that. Uh, you know, in the current run of dropping points. But uh, it's been phenomenal all season. Well,
0: that's been the big debate, hasn't it, over the past few days. Um, And we had Damien Spellman of the PA on the podcast on Monday. And one of the questions I put to him, John, was about perspective because uh, the result on over the weekend against Bournemouth wasn't wasn't a good result in terms of where Newcastle Mm -hmm. are, where Bournemouth are. But a lot of people said, well, actually let's remember how far we've come, where we were this time last season. Um,
1: Do you agree with that sentiment, that it's all about remembering how far we've come? I do. Um, Absolutely. Uh, Having said that, you're naturally so ambitious, because it's your club, and Eddie Howe so ambitious, and I'm certain all the players and the board are, that it's only natural that you want the foot to go back on the gas and, and for us to go. It's much because this the club, the way it's constructed now, deserve this to be a terrific season. You know, deserve us to make either the Champions League, certainly Europe, if at all possible, win the cup final. We deserve that. So, you know, we've got to remember where we've come from. We've got to be grateful. But that doesn't mean that you can't be ambitious because, as we've said many times on this uh, programme, shybens getting out. So we've got to keep going, got to keep going, got to drive for that bit extra, got to look to turn draws into wins, because five draws out of six, and if you're harsh, and when you're up at the top end of the league, it is harsh, life is harsh. If you're harsh, there's only one of those draws where we say, wow, wasn't that fabulous, and that was the draw with Arsenal. The rest of the draws are against sides which are very average, You know, whether they're Leeds, whether they're West Ham, whether they're they're, uh, Bournemouth, they're on quality sides. Um, We're meeting three big beasts on the bounce now in Liverpool, Man United and Man City. Uh, So that'll give us a good idea how the whole season's going to pan out. But however it pans out, it's been marvellous and it's been wonderful. But we don't want it to sort of go out with a little bit of a whimper like... You know, you finish seventh, or and you haven't won in the cup final. That would be a shame. What was your initial reaction at
0: full time on Saturday against Bournemouth, and and after a couple of days reflection, after you know it's about four days and after now, has your initial view changed, or
1: has it remained the same? It basically it hasn't changed. I mean, yes, the emphasis. Your first reaction when the whistle goes, oh, darn it. That's two points dropped. Twice this season, we've only drawn 1-1 with Bournemouth in the second bottom of the league. So, yeah, first, and you know what my reaction is when I look back, each match that's gone has happened, but a concern, because we look leggy. And, you know, you wonder what's going to stop us being leggy in time in time for wembley for example we've only got one more outing in time for wembley we've looked leggy we've looked uh off the pace of what we've set early in the season newcastle have been very much a front foot uh closing down rapidly type of side can you keep that going for 12 months it's interesting that sides you know don't if you look at the top five now I would suggest that three of the five are finding it harder now than they did. Arsenal have not won in their last three games, if you include uh, Cup as well as League. Arsenal play Wednesday night against Man City, and they haven't won in the last three. Um, Newcastle have drawn five out of six, and we're still fourth because every time Spurs get a good result, To then go and get a very bad result, and and that has kept us in fourth place. Three of the sides, there's only Man U in Man City, and they've had a tiny wobble, but they're the only two that you feel are relatively consistent at the moment out of the top five, which is very, very interesting. But does that make it
0: even more frustrating, that point against against Bournemouth, that it was a, it was a missed opportunity in, in many ways? And I, and I'm with Spurs, obviously, as you say, not having the best of times. Or or do we need to look at it the bigger picture from your cast's no, point uh, of view, well, just to be in that we're conversation?
1: conversation? Because we care, we're bound to look at it, that it's a missed opportunity. Eddie Howe will be sitting in his office saying, that was a damn missed opportunity, but got the points there. He might politically say the right thing, in public because he's very level-headed but he's a very ambitious man and like us all Bournemouth is a mixed opportunity but you're not missed opportunity but you're not telling me that leeds at home wasn't a missed opportunity or west ham at home wasn't a missed opportunity yes there were missed opportunities as well and that is what's worrying us they're consistently uh, missed opportunities that were it particularly worries you Andrew when a cup final's coming along because you know you don't get a second bite at the cup final it's an on the day result and if we play like we have in the five draws out of six Arsenal aside then there's no revisiting the final and say let's play it again in three weeks when we're feeling that much better and um, you know you, you can't do it so we're, we're very very anxious But Wharton, to get carried away, I mean, you can still set up... We we love all these stats. One that can prove absolutely anything you want them to prove. I mean, five draws out of six proves that Newcastle are labouring a little bit. One defeat in 22 would suggest a flying. So it just depends which which set of stats you want to look at. I think the reality is that we're still a very difficult side to beat. We're still having an unbelievable season, but by no means are we as consistently vibrant as we were before the World Cup, for example. Well, this
0: is one of the questions we've got in the comments. and A lot of people have actually said similar things, but I'll put Roger's uh, question to you, John. Uh, due to continuity of our main team, are we starting to look jaded, as has been suggested? You've said yes. I would just add to that from Roger. I mean, what can anyhow
1: really do? Because he hasn't got... Too many options. That's the great difficulty. That is the great difficulty. I found it very interesting the other day, and I know you like stats, and I know you always say to me, Andrew, that I don't, but they're interesting. And the two stats the other day said, showed that the two teams that have changed their starting lineup the fewest times this season are one Arsenal and two us. And at the moment, people are saying that those are the two teams in danger of fading a little bit. There's concern down at Arsenal that they haven't won in three. They've got Man City, which is tough. They might just not get the title it has been suggested because they're not as vibrant as they were. That has been leveled at as well, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean, this was Newcastle's 11th draw of the Premier League campaign, only Rems over in France. Um, have drawn more, which is 12. And actually, Newcastle have drawn more games this season than they did last season, which was 10. And and, and uh, sticking with the stats, John, um, four of the last eight Premier League goals that Newcastle have conceded have been from corners, including three of the last four. Is that something to worry about? Because, you know, they switched oh. off against Bournemouth, they switched off against West Ham, similar goals. It is.
1: And, yeah. Because we, when that... Andrew, we're not scoring enough goals to be able to say, well, we're 3-0 up at the time, so it's just 3-1 now. Uh, you know, nasty, nasty. But these are goals that are costing us points. As well as the chances we're missing are costing us points, so are these. And, you know, it's almost criminal. In the world of football, the most criminal thing you can do is concede it a set piece because you've got time to mark up. You have time to mark up. And each of the last two goals that we've conceded have come from a corner that's been flicked on at the near post over the head of big defenders in the centre of the goal, be that Byrne or Joe Linton or whatever. And a guy at the back post has been unmarked, has been unmarked. The, the, the West Ham guy was unmarked, and, and so was the Bournemouth guy. and did have time to stick it away. Now, Trippier lost his man at the front post. was big enough to admit it. Um, Isaac lost his man at the back post. Isaac was supposed to be marking up the, the centre-half that's equalised. He was standing, if you watch it again, he was standing with the centre-half when they started to take the kick. And the centre-half moved on the kick about to come over and Isaac's just stayed where he was. Um, now, I'm not having a particularly critical time about Isaac and about Trippier. I mean, what Trippier gives us to them, But they lost him in. I mean, Kieran said so and it was very um, uh, forthright afterwards and said, I lost my mind.
0: Yeah, well, I've got the quote here from Kieran Trippier and he was speaking to Sky Sports just after. And he said, and I quote... I think we did well in certain moments. Bournemouth are good on the transition. They defend well and break forward and we have to be aware of that. This is a tough place to come and the most important thing is that we don't get beat and it's another point that could be massive come the end. Didn't start strong. We knew Bournemouth would come out of the traps quick. They are at home. Overall, we are happy but we have so much to work on. I lost my man for the goal. It's not like us but it is sloppy, myself included. We have to go again. We have. We get ready for another game next week. And that's what I take from that, John, is the bit where he says we didn't start strong. You know, they do look like they've lost a little yard of pace. And that probably comes down to the, the fatigue issue because they've started the season so well. They've been on teams. They've pressed them and pressed them. Inevitably, they're going to get tired. With a lack of additions in January, um, oh. you know, that probably hasn't helped the situation. I mean,
1: either. Wood, Wood went out in January and Shelby went out in January, and we didn't bring in a, a centre forward or a midfielder player. Now, this game with Liverpool, and no doubt you'll be talking about the team later on, but this team with Liverpool, this game with Liverpool, we could be in trouble in the middle of the park because we haven't got Bruno and it looks like we won't have willick willicks will concentrate totally on trying to make the final and that might be iffy. so that's going to leave you with joe linton longstaff and who now the answer to that is it's either elliot anderson or you rejig slightly what happens uh, further up the park and 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 put anthony gordon in and by the way one reason why we're not having a go at Trippier and he was man enough to, to stand up and say, I lost the man I was supposed to be marking. May we say right now, Andrew, thank you very much, Trips. because if he hadn't kicked the ball off the line in the last minute, we would be looking at our second league defeat of the season. And He has a huge heart and a little body, and he's done terrific for us, and a mistake is made. But you know what? I look at the thing, Andrew, and I don't know what your feelings were about it. I I think it was a match too far for Dan Burner. He showed what we're talking about. Players that are getting leggy, players where it's catching up with them, players whose forms dipped a little bit more than it used to be. Dan Burner epitomised that for me against Bournemouth. I mean, he was awful. He looked like a big centre-half playing left-back which he hasn't looked in recent time. That's what worried me when he went to left-back. But he's done terrific. But he's he's, struggled something awful at Bournemouth. Now he's got Liverpool to get that out of his system. And then he's got Wembley. And we don't want him struggling at Wembley. We don't want anybody struggling at Wembley. But a few players have not looked what they were. I mean, dare I say that Bachmann ever so slightly is is dropped in, in standard willick is dropped in standard and um, you know it, it, there's a few just and it just takes 10 percent to go off your game be it mental tiredness or whatever and it's different the size of the squad is the worry because all you've got around of any experience that didn't start at Bournemouth is Isaac in in gordon if you look at the rest of the if the you know the bench you're wondering what he can do in any situation. Um, you've got Murphy there, but Murphy is the habitual sub isn't he, that comes on any time from 75 minutes onwards. Um, so there's a terrible lack. And ironically, as we look at the Liverpool, we're get, where we're getting exposed because of injuries, midfield and front. Mm-hmm. That's where we're struggling, you know, with with. Uh, Moran and Maxi having in Wilson all having to prove their fitness this week and I think they'll all be fit and take part incidentally but we, we have had that problem with them and willick and Bruno in midfield were short midfield and up top
0: yeah I mean the, the two concerns and two conclusions I think everyone took from the January window uh, about the lack of depth up front and in the in this in, in the midfield. It's just unfortunate that those concerns have become a reality with the injuries and, and suspensions. Um, hopefully, Wilson will be back for Liverpool, but you know we don't we don't know that for certain. Almiron looks like uh, there's been reports he hasn't actually broken his hand, so he should be all right. Um, Max he's got bruising apparently, getting a report by the, by the Telegraph uh, around the knee, nothing too serious. Willick is a little bit more serious reportedly, and as you said, John will be in a race to be fit for the final. I
1: think think the other three guys will be fine. Uh, Certainly, Miggy will be, because he runs all day. It was a wrist injury, and as long as that's not broken, you're okay. Miggy, bless him, sometimes looks like the invisible man. He's that much bandaged up, and uh, I think he likes a bit of drama after the game, but, uh, you know, he, he likes to come off looking a bit agonisingly injured, and then he's okay again. Callum Wilson should be fit. Though, with Callum Wilson, I tell you, mate, you know, we never know till the team sheet comes out with Callum. I mean, we had absolutely no forewarning of anything being wrong last week until there was the team sheet and he wasn't on it. Um, and this is the one thing that stops him being a great centre-forward, isn't it? You live match-to-match with Callum. You don't know if he's going to be there. And, and, you know, it's said that he'll be there this week, and I expect him to be there this week. But until I get the team sheet an hour before kick-off, I'm never 100% certain on Callum at all. So there are concerns. But um, thankfully, uh, Bruno will be back at Wembley, which will help because Willick may not be at Wembley. Mm -hmm. Um, we We haven't had much of an update, but I think... We will never see Willick, I think, against Liverpool. You're not going to risk him with a, with a bit of a hammy when, when the cup final is one week away, are you? And, yeah. oh. you know, I don't think we'll see him for at all on Saturday.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And and just on Miguel Almiron, I did say he was going to score against Bournemouth, just in case you... you did. I did say that. And in the final, so one half of that prediction's
1: come true... He might mind I hope he gives off his uh, draw bonus to Sean Longstaff for that terrific shot that allowed him to tuck it in. I was delighted for him because he needed that. He needed it because he had, it stopped scoring in the same way as Wilson needed the previous week to score. Um but you know, we've been talking earlier, Andrew, about um, you know, will we be disappointed at the end of the season if we've tapered off a little bit, a little bit. I think being serious for a minute and we have a lot of jokes about miggy but being serious for a minute i think judging them all individually and the team collectively we've got to wait till the end of the season to do that in fairness because there's i mean the next three games are huge if we're going to get a champions league place we've got to return to winning ways against liverpool the final is of course huge we're first final for 24 years and then we'll come back to get points, and it's away Man City, who could be top of the league by then. Um, so the next three games are going to be huge, and will decide in what direction we're going. And we've just got to wait and see what comes out of the Yeah, most certainly. We, we've
0: got um, loads of comments uh, coming in, John. Um, so I'll I'll ask you this one from mm. Christian. Um, yes eight points in the last six games due to all the draws, three wins, three losses, uh, would be nine points. Are we too defensive and do we take too little risk to win games?
1: Good good question because yes, we're searching for reasons as to why this is happening. I don't think we are defensive, you know. I, I think we've just stopped knowing how to score goals. We miss... Chances and quite a lot Bournemouth was probably a game where We didn't have as many as we normally have But I mean Wilson Who scored against West Ham Missed a hat-trick He got one and he should have had two others. He could have had a hat-trick We've stopped scoring goals Then what happens The minute a reliable defence The best in the league makes a rick As they did against West Ham As they did against Bournemouth It's a draw instead of a, a, a win And um, we're just too leggy, and we haven't. We can't mix it about. I mean, if you look at Man City, they can put two separate teams out, if two different 11s, and still look as strong as they did initially. I mean, you know, you get Harlan going off, who's the biggest goal goal machine in the Premier League. The other night, you get Haaland coming off, and who comes on from the subs? bench Alvarez has just won the World Cup with Argentina. I mean, that's the sort of squads there. Uh, De Bruyne sits on the bench when he's not injured on occasions. Can you imagine us putting Bruno on the bench just uh, when he was absolutely fully fit and playing somebody else? We haven't the strength and depth. And it is really shown now. It is really, really shown. For me, we've got probably 11 players that start and I had Isaac. In Gordon and that's about it that's about it and that's nowhere near enough and, and you can't how do you freshen up the team apart from using those two players you can't
0: really but as we've discussed previously it might be a good chance to give Elliot Anderson a, a, a go in midfield and he might be forced to with these injuries as well again we yes. expect the, the players to be back in but we haven't had it confirmed and we know that eddie sometimes says one thing and another thing um ends up being the result on the team sheet. Um, yeah, I'm going to ask this question, John. Um, I, I I wouldn't get you answer first, but I'm going to say I don't think. Um, well, the question is, with the cup final coming up next Saturday, next Sunday, sorry, will Eddie's, Eddie Howe's team be impacted by that? I don't absolutely. think. Do you do you think it will? No, absolutely not. No, I absolutely. think he'll be playing his strongest team possible He's got to get to. three
1: points against Liverpool. He's got to. Is he going to gamble everything on getting the result in, in the cup final? If you're mid-table, you can leave people out the week before the cup final, and a lot of teams would. And Joe Harvey certainly did that before the 74 cup final when we moved mid-table. He left players out in the build-up to the cup final and then put them back in for the cup final. But, I mean, what if... Here's a theory. If he left some out this weekend... We didn't win as a consequence, and then we lost the cup final, so it didn't work that way. We've closed the door on both the cup final and and Europe. You, there's absolutely no way. The only way that you would change the team with a cup final in mind is if you had a player that was a bit iffy, like Joe Willock, physically a bit iffy with an injury, not tiredness. Then you wouldn't risk. You wouldn't risk. Joe Willock before a final when he's carrying a hamstring, because you could put him out for six weeks if you did that, never mind just a cup final. And I don't. So, outside of an unknown injury, and how many of the has there been of them uh, recently? And what you know, hamstrings are very difficult, and uh, Callum Wilson always suffers from hamstrings. And there was a hamstring evidently that kept him out at Bournemouth, but how much of a hamstring? Just a little niggle, and with him, you're risk anything. Or is it still a problem this week? Um, you don't know. But the only answer is you don't take risks for hamstring. If somebody's left out, like Willock, like Joe, uh, like Callum Wilson, it'll be because they're physically carrying, not because they're being rested when 100% for the Cup final. Absolutely not. Uh,
0: Graham says we could lose the next three and still finish fourth or even higher. One swallow doesn't make a summer. Patience is a virtue. We now have a club that is trying and a manager that gives a damn. Ian says couldn't agree more. We're looking very leggy, thin squad exposed when you look at the bench with the likes of Manquillo and Richie there as options. Um, and there's been quite a few people i, you, to... I like
1: sorry to, to put in i like what graham said there now, you know it's absolutely right let us not panic etc etc but i don't think if we lose the next three we'll finish fourth top will we <laughs> you no i don't think so
0: i, I don't, don't think, think if we
1: lost three in the bounce we'd still finish fourth top. but maybe i think what graham's
0: maybe pointing out there again is that that whole bigger picture argument about well you know if you finish sixth or seventh after where newcastle has been for the past 14 years and you in a league cup final yeah i know exactly i know
1: exactly what graham's getting Um, at he's absolutely right we've got to keep a sense of proportion but i think the time to have a sense of proportion is at the end of the season when it's all over all dusted you're dusting down your trousers you're going to think of your summer holidays and you say hey what do i think of the season bye i've enjoyed it yes Mm -hmm. we didn't quite make this or we didn't quite do that but it was wonderful while it's on, you're naturally wanting to beat Liverpool. You're naturally wanting to win the cup. You're naturally wanting to get in the Champions League. And, you know, that's just nature uh, for your club. You're not being critical. You're being hopeful. And you're wanting them to pull together and make it for all West. sakes. Mm. And when we're
0: talking about there, John, about potentially the the impact of the league cup final on the the team selection for newcastle against liverpool and plenty of people are pointing out that liverpool actually play real madrid tuesday coming and might jürgen klopp choose a team uh on saturday which allows him to play a stronger team on tuesday against real madrid given they're 10 points off the top four their form is not brilliant i mean they've only won one game this year in the premier league
1: uh you know it depends what it depends on, I, I guess, is what attitude club wants to take. If he feels that he can still make the top four with players coming back from injury, like Jota and like the Van Dyke, etc., etc., if he thinks he can still make the top four because Newcastle and Spurs are dithering, then he's got to play his best side up at Newcastle to make the top four. If he wants to build confidence, having beaten Everton, to have some confidence within the squad and within his supporters to play Real Madrid, then he's got to come up here and try to win. Um, you can look at the theory and say from ninth and so far behind, you can secretly give up on the, the top part of the season and rest somebody. I just don't think Clock will. I think he's had too many smackings this season. Um, I think he's away record in the Premier League this season is atrocious and he'll want to change that and I think he'll sniff a bit of blood with Newcastle you know he'll think they're not the worried they were if I had been going up there before Christmas um, you know this mightn't be a bad time to go to Newcastle uh,
0: But at the same time isn't it nice to be as a Newcastle fan reporter to be coming into this game not fearing Liverpool and knowing that if you play your very best, then you know
1: you, you probably are our favourites to, to get a result. Oh, if if we hit, well, we are nine points and five places above Liverpool. Who would have thought last summer would be saying that? Liverpool had just won the FA Cup, the League Cup, had finished second in the league, one point behind Man City, and had played Real Madrid in the Champions League final, which was only 1 nil. So in four competitions, the one, two, and we're second in the other two, who would have said that we would be going into February five places and nine points ahead of Liverpool? It's incredible. And if they hadn't got the, the three points against us, we would be out of sight for them now. And yeah. it, it is quite staggering, yes.
0: Even though they beat Everton in the in the Merseyside derby, did you see anything that really worried you? I know Salah no. back amongst the goals, but you know again no. it comes down to what Newcastle can do. and That's how Eddie Howe approaches every game. Let's worry about us, not about them. No, they
1: don't. They didn't terrify me because of the way they played. Um, I think there's more of a risk to us about the way Rashford's playing for the cup final than there is about Mo Salah or anybody at Liverpool for Saturday. Uh, I didn't I saw a, a, a Liverpool side who are better than Everton but Everton are dreadful winning two 0 with um, Pickford deciding he'd go for a sandwich on the first goal I mean where was he where did the hot dog stand or what on the goal you know and so no I saw nothing to make this fear uh, at all. Uh, there's more to look at and and nullify in the Man U side, isn't it? But we'll be talking about that next week. Mm, Yeah, I mean, looking from the outside in at at
0: Liverpool, Klopp seems very uh, agitated, very irritable. It looks like he's under a bit of pressure, whether that's pressure put on him by himself because his team are not doing what a Jurgen Klopp team usually does so far off the pace uh, in the Champions League race, let alone the race for the Premier League title. Um and and you know he might look at the, the next two games and say, well, actually, our best chance is maybe winning the Champions League to secure Champions League
1: football for next year. Yeah, but uh, well, yes, but do you want to go into the into the Champions League side? I haven't got your, your backside well smacked at Newcastle. I, I don't think that would do the fragile confidence of Anfield any help whatsoever. By the, the way, now hope he good. puts the reserves out, but um you know, I would suspect that he wouldn't. But, hey, let's get this right. If we play to the way we can, and we haven't done it for several games now, I've got to add, but if we did, we're better this season than they are. We would win. The one thing that worries us is that we're not playing the way we can, and we haven't, for a considerable number of, of games.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, and, and fingers crossed. Um, in front of a Rocky St James's Park, they can... Get back to winning ways and we, we have to talk about that game at Anfield back in August as we said at the start of the show the last time the only time Newcastle have been beaten the Premier League this season it was feisty uh the touch of the two dugouts coming together there was fingers being stuck up with each other and and, and, a, and a bit of a push and shove match and you know it I I suppose for the neutral it was a brilliant game to watch do Newcastle have a feeling of of they wanting to avenge what happened back in August?
1: I certainly hope so, because that's the sort of thing, they, 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 the willingness, the they drive to get revenge on Saturday, and the drive to win a cup final that Newcastle United have not appeared in for 24 years, is what might just give them the extra incentive, might just make the adrenaline flow a little bit better, and might just produce a win instead of a draw. And... So you've got to hope so they, They've got a right to want revenge Great managers like Ferguson used to live on revenge he, he would have been talk. Ferguson would have been talking all week About getting revenge because We were badly done to In the last game, 98th minute Isaac Wonder the goal uh, Chalked out because His shadow was offside bloody bloody blah, de, blah, de, blah. He would talk. He would have talked revenge all week And I hope there's a feeling, I'm, I think
0: Eddie Howe's more level-headed
1: than you know um, than that. But I would hope that each individual player is thinking, "Hey, let's put that record right. That that was unjust. Uh, let's put it right." And I hope to have a feeling that they want revenge because I certainly want Newcastle to get revenge. What do you think the team talk will be then from Eddie Howe? Do you think it will be largely
0: focused on, like, this happened in August, we were very unlucky, we were hard done by, you know, they got in our faces, we didn't really like that very much in terms of, you know, we just everyone got a bit heated. Um, What what do you think the team talk is going to be, if it is based on that?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I think he's going to, because he is who he is, he's going to do tactics and what he wants them to do. But I would finish, before you walk out, it's what joe harvey used to do and it's what bobby robson used to do and it's what keegan used to do and it's certainly what ferguson used to do is wind them up and say come on lads you remember you remember it was an absolute disgrace isaac wasn't offside on that goal it was two goals two under goals on his debut. we were out of it They pulled all the tricks. They tried to dump on us by saying you were time-wasting. You got what you deserved in the 98th minute because you were a bunch of time-wasters. We don't accept that. We weren't doing that. We were professional. They were uppers. Didn't deserve the result. It's the only blemish on our record all season. Let's put that right. Let's erase that blemish. And It's not erased by getting a draw. It's erased by winning. So go out and do what you ought to do. Lift that crowd and send everybody down the A1 to London for the joys of the spring, looking for another victory down there. Do you know that winning the Cup can be determined by what happens today against Liverpool? You beat Liverpool and the fans and you will be believers again and will march on London and will be able to do Man United. You lose up here, and will want to leave at midnight for Liverpool to get out of the city, etc. We not only need revenge, but it will set the mood for victory at Wembley as well. Uh, There you you go, I'm I'm
0: hoping that he's watching, take a (laughs) note. Gordon says, we can't show any respect to Liverpool at home, get in their faces, hard, fast, pressure them. We can do it. We rattled them at Anfield. And, yeah, you know, the crowd are going to have a massive part to play. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be some atmosphere on Saturday. And I, I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be... Um... I mean,
1: I'm, I'm wanting to see uh, Klopp, Bog-Eyed, lashing up and down the touchline, waving his arms frantically in the air, uh, looking like an old Santa Claus with that grey beard that he's suddenly really developed. You know, I want to see that because when I see that, I know it's all going wrong for Liverpool. So, I want to see a lot of that. Certainly, Eddie won't do anything like that because Eddie doesn't. I mean, there's never a hair out of place with Eddie and good for him. But Klopp has is, is, is appeared something of a maniac uh, recently this season. And isn't it wonderful to see? And I hope we'll see it for an hour and a half on Sunday because it means he's getting his backside tanned. Mm. and then somewhere else it's not
0: quite going to plan is, is Tottenham as well beating in the Champions League last night and, well um, he's
1: another jack-in-the-box isn't he that runs up and down and disappears up his well, own exterior
0: he is yeah and um, you know beating Manchester City it looked it was a good performance and then they lose 4-1 to Leicester and they are chasing Newcastle down Newcastle a couple of points ahead of them with a game in hand but what I found really interesting was prior to the game against AC Milan was Antonio Conte's press conference, and I've got the clip here. I'll play you the clip, um, and, and then I'll get your views on it, John. But essentially, I've taken away from this clip that he basically throws his players a little bit under the bus and says they can't handle the pressure. Um, and they and you'll hear him say they collapse all of a sudden. Let's play it, and then we'll get everyone's views on it. I'm interested by your comment about stability and the, and the difference between in England and Italy.
2: Bearing in mind that at Tottenham you have so many different nationalities, so what? Why is there that difference that you talk about about the, the lack of focus? No, but uh, um, I, th- I think I think sometimes, uh, and uh, uh, also in my uh, previous experience with Chelsea, no, and um, uh, I feel that the pressure, the pressure is different between uh, uh, Italy and, uh, and uh, England. In Italy and uh, you speak uh, about football uh, from Monday and uh, you finish on a Sunday and uh, you speak only football. And uh, you have a lot of uh, TV They speak football and put a lot of pressure. And uh, you... Uh, you born in this way and you grow in this way with this pressure. And... Uh, <laughs> And you are used. You are used to uh, to live with this type of situation. In England, I think that there is a, um, uh, an atmosphere that brings to enjoy, to enjoy football, and uh, without without a lot of pressure, without a lot of pressure. And uh, because, uh, yeah. Uh, Football is a sport, and uh, in Italy sometimes fo- football is not only a sport, sometimes it uh, is a war uh, between uh, the teams between uh, the fans and uh, yeah, I think uh, for this reason uh, is the, the main difference about the pressure yeah.
0: very interesting comments, and, and what I will. Uh, say, I mean that's not exactly the best way to motivate your team if you are chasing down a top four football and and it's a big it's a big boost to Newcastle. I wrote the piece yesterday that it is a massive boost for Newcastle to, to see your rival's manager essentially saying his players on up to it
1: if 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 Spurs had anything about them in terms of consistency, we wouldn't be fourth now they would be fourth and we would be fifth they 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 get fabulous results like the one against man city and then almost inevitably follow it up with a belly flop which they they did at leicester and i mean i'm just grateful for the way they are they they can't produce consistency by the way he talks about they can't live with pressure i mean has he been the uh, spurs arsenal uh, derby i mean has he ever been out to see uh, newcastle and sunderland i know that's in the dim and distant past because sunderland's disappeared but um you know it's it's wrong that um and by the way i mean does he put pressure on them or they, they can't take i mean he, he wasn't there bless him because he was he was um he just had a, an operation so I'm not being at all flip but he missed man city didn't he? and in mm-hmm. the one with his number two who might have been a tacoma and um when he come back at best, uh, the were heavily be out of it now if Spurs had absolutely anything about them but they haven't what do you think he's trying to do there because that's that approach
0: i he's trying to say it's not his fault you think? Because I was going to say you would never see Eddie Howe doing
1: that publicly.
0: Even if he felt it, you would never not, see Eddie Howe
1: coming out. Not in the least. So why do so manage it. Eddie Howe's strength for me, Andrew? Is he's very protective of his players, and his players love him for it, and they know they're not going to get thrown under the bus, even when they do things wrong. I'm sure he'd go in the dressing room and sort out a couple of people on the two corner goals Newcastle have given away in the last two matches. But he ain't going to go and he won't go in public and do it. He doesn't throw players under the bus. Managers that do quickly lose the the you know the great respect of the team. Now Conte is in danger of doing that. The biggest one was Jones at Southampton, wasn't it? He threw his players under the bus well and truly. Bottom line, he gets thrown under the bus permanently. Um so. I don't think it, it, it works uh, to do it that way, uh, not in the least. But every manager has a different way of doing it, and he goes about with his heart on his sleeve. And when they win, everybody says one of the greatest managers in the world. And when they don't, they say stop blaming everybody instead of yourself. But Klopp's going through that at the moment, isn't he? He was the greatest manager in the world until this season. Well, it certainly didn't
0: work given they got beat off East New Milan in the Champions League um, and it's going to be interesting to see if it gets the desired positive effect I'm sure that Conte was after. Back to Newcastle Liverpool then, John. Yeah. Let's run through your team again. I will say it again. This is your team, not what Eddie Howe will do. Let's let's go for your team first and then we'll uh, we'll decide what we think so, Eddie Howe will do.
1: It's so difficult, Andrew, because we don't know for certain who's fit. That is as- very true. And there's a lot it there. You can you can say the whole front three, that's Almiron, Wilson and Maximum, we don't know 100% that all three will be fit and will play. We don't, and then there's Willick in midfield and there's Bruno already out of midfield. So there's five key players when you leave the back alone um, that uh, we don't know anything about. I mean, what's very interesting is that what happens in midfield um i would like to see to a certain extent and i don't know how this can be achieved andrew but i would like to see anthony gordon start. somewhere along the line i would like to see anthony gordon start. now the one thing that eddie's not going to do is we've already said that he won't rest players for the cup final He's certainly not going to drop players that, are, that have earned the cup final place i mean i thought i thought dan burn was horrendous last week and and that display of a left back who is not essentially a left back would normally see him drop the next week at any other club you're not going to drop dan burn one week before a cup final and knock all the stuffing out of him completely that's not going to happen so i think the back four will be the back four and the keeper will be the keeper and um Long, Longstaff and Joe Linton are knock, knocking bets for the middle of the park and it's just a matter of who's the third one. Is it going to be Elliot Anderson or can you rejig it somehow and play Gordon in the role he come on and played at Bournemouth where he plays as like a 10 mm. uh, behind, behind your centre forward? I would um, love it to be Elliot Anderson, but I
0: think it's probably more
1: li- likely to be Anthony Gordon in for Joe Willock, I would think. I, I I would like to play Joe Willock and I don't know that this the way Newcastle United are playing at the moment and the fact that it's against Liverpool a week before the cup final and when we're short of you know you want Anderson to go in with, with Joe Linton and Bruno don't you? To give him a real chance of, of making an impression. Not in a weakened midfield. And I, yeah, I would like to see Anthony, Anthony Gordon start as the third midfielder. He wouldn't be exactly a midfielder, and it would be a little tweak and a little this. But I think you would go Wilson, Almirian in maximum. I don't think he's going to drop some maximum a week before Wembley. I don't think he'll start at Wembley because Bruno's back. But I don't think you would fill him full of disappointment in whatever the week before the cup final. So I think the front three will be the front three if they're fit. And I would bring in Gordon to play in place of Willock in a re-jigged side.
0: Yeah, uh, Graham says he'd play four, two, three, one, Longstaff and Joe Linton with Anderson either number 10 or uh, on the left and, and with Gordon as well in that midfield. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, I mean, we've said it the past few weeks. Sally Anderson hasn't looked out of place, so his time is going to come sooner rather than later. And it might be the, the right time, um, to do so on Saturday. We talk a lot about momentum, John. Just how important is it that Newcastle beat Liverpool on Saturday? Not only to maintain their place in the top four, but also to go into the Wembley weekend. Oh.
1: Well, but you know, we, we've kept saying, must win, must win. It's getting to be silly now, isn't it? But it's, it, the more you don't win, the more the next game is must win. And, but yes, it. not only do we want revenge against Liverpool, not only do we require it to cement with, with top four position, with uh, Spurs dithering around the way they are, but... It sets the mood for the cup final. If we beat Liverpool, the clouds are blown away and we march on Wembley. If it's the six drawn seven games, we say, well, we're hard to beat, but oh, there's a slight doubt in your mind. The one thing we do not want to do is go to um, Wembley with a defeat, a home defeat to Liverpool previous week that would shatter everything so it is massive and i i'm just so desperate for us to win I, i'm desperate for us to win all the time because of the Champions League. but i'm desperate on saturday because it's liverpool who deserve it what's coming to them after the game at Anfield, and because it's one week before wembley this is um, must win just pluck that out there never never heard that expression before but uh, want to win, desperately want to win for all the reasons we've just talked about. Mm,
0: yeah, fingers crossed the 2 I'll get your result prediction in a moment. Let me just push our Wembley special up for the cup supplement. It's out now. It should be in your local garages and news agents, so you can pick one up in person, or you can order online. Three pounds of costs uh, can get delivered worldwide. I'll pop the. Link to where you can do that. If you want to buy it online, I'll pop the link into the comments and in the description. Do click on it. Loads of fantastic stuff in there. Myself and John written a few pieces as has Lee, uh, Ryder, Aaron Stokes, here and Kelly. Supermac as well. So um one not to be missed. And I'll just point you as well in the direction of this. The everything is black and white podcast live in London. Uh, we've got two live events. Uh, one the dolphins already sold out. This one at the Nags Head is not ticketed, but we expect it to be very busy. Nags Head is in Covent Garden on James Street. Uh, We'll be there from 6pm for about an hour or so, and then we'll walk along to Trafalgar Square. But if uh, you need somewhere to be on that Saturday evening, come along to the Nags Head and uh, come and uh, see the team. Um, Right, John, how is
1: Saturday Newcastle versus Liverpool going to go? I mean... I don't know why you ask me, because I've got it wrong all the time. I've kept saying Newcastle will win when they were playing Bournemouth. I said they'd win when they were playing Leeds. I said they'd win when they were playing West Ham. Only thing is, they didn't. But you don't think I'm going to say they're going to draw with Liverpool, because that's what they do all the time, uh, one week before we go to Wembley. No, they're going to win. or They have to win. We have to win. Surely the little bit more push for revenge, for the mood Before we go to Wembley Get the adrenaline going again Let's go and win it Perhaps the fact that Liverpool Are Liverpool as well, a big club Regardless of how they're playing This season, instead of being a Bournemouth Instead of being a Crystal Palace Instead of being a Leeds Or, a, or everybody else That's drawn, a West Ham Drawn up here, they're a bigger Named club than all Perhaps that'll help stir us as well so I'm taking the narrowest of victories. I've said that for about six successive weeks. I've got to be right at some stage. I'm saying it more with my heart than my head, but <laughs> it, that is so important to us and that will change everything if it happens. So I've got to go with it again and say narrow Newcastle victory. Um, I think they're going to win. I think they're going to beat Liverpool uh, and
0: I think I'm going to go for... Um, do you know, I'm gonna even going to throw in a score prediction, John. I know we don't usually do it, no. but I'm going to do it. Good. I'm going to go for a 2-0 victory over, over Liverpool on, on Saturday. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm thinking the atmosphere, evening kick-off under the lights in James' Park, the crowd, I think everything just kind of plays into into into, into Newcastle's hands here. And I think Newcastle will win and go into that Wembley week full of confidence. Um, f- f- a few last comments here. Roger says Sir Maximum likes to play against bigger clubs. Everyone will point at that Man City performance before he picked up the The injury a few weeks later, obviously got that call against Wolves, didn't he, then was injured. So, yeah, maybe you have a point there. Um, Roger also says the supplement is a great read. So, there's Roger, Roger's seal of approval. So, if you haven't got it yet, go out and get it. We've got Ian asking, can you get it delivered to Australia? You can, worldwide shipping is available. uh, So, get ordering that. Um, Gordon says it would be a great boost of belief for the players to beat Liverpool the week before we play. Uh, my United, uh, Newcastle would feel unstoppable. Yep, all goes back to that momentum, which is dead, dead important. Um, what I want to ask you, John, finally, it's going to sound a bit of a bizarre question, so I apologize to you and I apologize to our listeners and viewers. Okay, Newcastle United seem in a bit of a rut at the moment, you know. They've drawn, um, you know, well, they've won one of the last six, uh, they've drawn five of the last uh, uh, six, haven't they? Five, five only six, years. yeah. If they lost a game, and I'm not specifically talking about this one, especially not this one, but if they lost, say if they got beat off Bournemouth, for example, you know, do you think that would remove? I don't know. I don't know if pressure is the right word. Intention, it, it yeah. It, it, do you, would you think it would remove something, and then it kind of it would restart them the week after?
1: No, like, I don't want. I don't want to go down that road because I, I, I'm not a believer of that, and. I'm, I think that would put even more pressure on us. I mean, not this week. You were right because you don't want to lose before you go to Wembley. But no, I don't think... I know where you're coming from, the theory of turning the top off the bottle, a pop, you know, that you've shook and it looks as if it's going to explode. Release the tension and there you go. But you know what will release the tension and get them all going again? A win. That's what will release it. tension. You beat Liverpool. In the, they won't be tired in the next match. The best way, the, the way to release the tension is not to lose, it's to win. That's the way to do it. They've got to win, See, not lose. So I'm hoping you're right. And what was said about Liverpool, We let us bear one thing in mind Liverpool's home, Liverpool are only ninth. But the reason they're ninth is because of the results at Anfield. At Anfield, They've won seven, drawn three, and lost only one. Away from Anfield, they've won two, drawn two, and lost six. That's their way record they're coming to Newcastle. They've lost their last three games on the road uh, against Brentford, against Brighton, and against Wolves. They've lost six out of ten on the road. So they're beatable. And the best way to get rid of the tension, the best way to get Rid of that apprehension. The best way to get rid of pre-Wembley nerves is to go out and beat Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, um, and just finally, John, the next the next time you'll
0: be on the podcast, we'll be we'll be previewing that Wembley final. Very
1: exciting stuff. That now that is that is, and let's hope we we previewing it. We'll have a bounce and we step because it'll be towards the end of next week, and uh, we'll be so looking forward to Wembley. It's untrue, but. Uh, Let's just think about having beaten Liverpool and going down there and thinking, hey, this is a proper opportunity. And I remember going in 74 with not much hope and going in 98 with not much hope and going in 99 and not much hope. The one I left out was the League Cup final when we did quite well. But the others, you had the feeling that unless they got a bloke sent off or they scored two own goals, we would struggle and um, That's not the case this time uh, If Rashworth Wants to get a bit of a knock In training and perhaps Feels that he can't play in the cup final Well i will be quite happy for that But uh, let's talk about it next week We'll talk about it optimistically And we'll be very optimistic If we've beaten Liverpool Which is what we've both forecast us to do So it's quite easy Now isn't it, you just go out for an hour and a half And beat Liverpool, job's done Job's a good one
0: all that needs to be done well this has been the everything is black and white podcast thank you very much to john for coming on to the match preview as usual hit that subscribe button on youtube hit the subscribe button on your podcast platform as well leave us a rating and review go out and buy this supplement as well it's going to be a souvenir edition because absolutely um, we're off to Wembley. so go out and get that ordered. go out your garage and get it as well and head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep to date with all the latest newcastle night news including Uh, the press conferences on Friday from Jurgen Klopp and of course